Welcome back to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. I just wanted to come in here a little bit early before the episode actually starts with Brian and uh, just say hello again real quick. Just just you and me uh, say <laughs> hi just because it's been six months now. We're really yeah. excited to be back. It's They're been a while. It's been a minute. A little We're back now, though. We're back. We're officially back. We did three years of weekly episodes. I think that was pretty, pretty good. I think it's okay that we took a little break. Yeah, I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, the uh, the free time, well, quote unquote, free time was was uh, pretty helpful um, for a few things. One is raising my family. Uh, the other would be retooling the show, and and we have some changes coming up, including um, complete uh, host change as well. And I don't think we get to introduce Brian in this episode, uh, but uh, that's why we also wanted him to be here just to be able to say hello. He is still part of the art of the float working all the, the knobs and the dials behind the scenes. But uh, we'll introduce everybody else. Mostly, we just wanted to record this little little pre-roll here just to say thanks to our previous hosts on mm-hmm. Art of the Float. Um, the uh, contributions that they've made to the podcast and ipso facto to the rest of the Float community has been major. And I just want to take a moment to say thanks to Lance, who was with us at the very beginning and put his heart and soul into uh, creating this podcast and doing a lot of projects associated with the podcast and with the Art of the Float and has since uh, sold his float center and is living an awesome, happy life. He seems to be doing very well. And I I just wanted to say thanks to Lance for all your sincerity and all your effort that you have put into the podcast. Um, And a huge thanks to Amy Grimes, who for three years showed up every single episode. I mean, was there an episode she missed? I mean, I've one or two, but, <laughs> and those were even, I mean, un, even under the most extreme circumstances, she she showed up and was present and I'm right. forever grateful for that. Right, Amy's the absolute professional and she became a friend over three years as well. I mean, and, and Lance as well, but I mean, you see somebody every week, <laughs> you see him more than a lot of your family members and uh, it's a pretty special thing. And uh, she means a lot to me in my heart. Um, she needs to spend more time with her business as she's uh, getting her second location going. So we're definitely giving her the space to do that and welcome her back. Anytime that she wants or feels like she's able to, to rejoin the show, she's more than welcome. So you might uh, hear her in future episodes. Uh, we'd certainly love to just have her on in general as uh, one-offs if possible. But uh, again, just wanted to, to say thanks so much to Amy and Lance for, for all that they've done for the podcast and for Art of the Flow. And again, the bigger picture for the Flow community. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for being on the podcast and for becoming becoming our extended family. Mm-hmm. And these are, these are the people we hang out with. I hang out with people on the podcast more than I do friends in real life. So <laughs> it, it is weird how that adds up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> welcome back to Art of the Float. Here we go. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. It's so great to be back. We've been on hiatus for a while. If you listened to our previous episode, you know that we were taking a break, doing a little bit of retooling. Um, now we're actually back. If this is your first time listening, welcome. This is a podcast specifically about starting, running, and refining a float center. And it is hosted by a group of people that have started to run and refine their own float centers. So we're all doing it together now, and we're so excited. We have a new cast of crazy people with salt under their fingernails. So let me just go ahead and bring them on here. Uh, first, uh, my, oh gosh, well, we'll get into the story, but Drew, please introduce yourself. Hey, Dylan. Hi I there. am Drew. I own New Hampshire Float in Londonderry, New Hampshire, which is about 45 minutes or so north of Boston. Been open for just under 18 months and have... Uh, three rooms, but we actually only completed two of them and put uh, float tanks into two of them. One is an affiliate uh, from Escape Pod Tanks with Jeremy Warner, formerly, and um, a wave float cabin kind of did the tank and then had a cabin for people who might not feel so comfortable getting into the tank. And then I let people get into my head who kept telling me it was a stupid idea to open a float center. So we built the third room, but didn't put anything into it. So we kind of waited to see what would happen and things are going well. We're, we're booking out. People are coming back. Um, so we're, I'm currently working on a Mandala custom cabin for that third one that I'm building myself with the help of a, another guy. Um, but I used to be a, a probation officer and in kind of community correction slash social work. So I have had a lot of interactions with a wide range of people, um, you know, lawyers, judges, criminals. Um, so that's, you know, one of the reasons that I got into this was hopefully to help people. And, um, and really I wanted to float more, I guess that was the biggest reason <laughs> if I'm being honest, <laughs> you know? Um, so I started off with a business partner. Um, I quit my job as a probation officer. He didn't. He tried to do both. It didn't really work out. And since uh, summer of 2018, I have been running the running the show by myself. And it hasn't been easy, uh, but it's very rewarding. I have three employees now. I'm looking for more. Um, and every single day, I learn something new. It's pretty wild. We're we're in a spot where we interact with people and we have to figure things out and whether it's something breaking down or something needing to be cleaned or somebody coming in and having a an issue and you try to help them with it um it's a it's a very rewarding thing and i don't necessarily think it's for everybody because it is difficult and you sacrifice a lot mm -hmm. which as other float center owners we all know that mm -hmm. um but yeah if it's for you i think it's pretty awesome especially if you like to float Right. So you actually right. get to float? <laughs> you get in the Once tank. in a while. Once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's where I, well I try not to get disappointed. If someone cancels, if someone else is there, I say, great, I'm going to float. Nice. Right. Nice. There's the opportunity to do that. So yeah, I try to. I try to. Drew, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for, for hosting with us here. It means a lot to me. We started out as as you were a consulting client to start your, your float center. And right away fell in love with your personality, your positivity. Um, but what's really made our, our uh, bromance endure, I think, is the fact that you have this crazy drive that is absolutely unrelenting, coupled with 
a curiosity, like, like you were talking about learning something new every day. I think that is absolutely accurate about you is that you're absolutely hungry for more information, new projects even, and just that drive is unrelenting for knowledge. It's at least specific to the float industry. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. And hopefully uh, my wife thinks that too, (laughs) because that's where some of that sacrifice comes in and it's Mm. not easy. And Mm -hmm. if you have a significant other, you need that strong, strong bond. But um, yeah, I found, I really struggled. I didn't love the whole um, corrections thing. Um, you know, I did it, I was interested in it, but I was always looking for, I had like seven businesses that I tried and failed at. And that's kind of what led me to floating. I was always looking to get into something else and, um, kind of be my own boss. And, um, you know, everyone, you, you wish you could work in, in uh, something that you are passionate about and, you really enjoy. And I found that and I don't want to let that go. And I'll be honest, I wake up every day fearful that it goes away, which drives me mm. to do my best every single day. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's interesting. You talk about the fear. That's a big motivator for me or has been for a lot of my business as well. It's not always the reach, but the, the fear that's making you haul ass on the football field. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and also exactly. Dylan, I'd just like to add that while I was a probation officer, I found this podcast. And if it wasn't for this podcast, I never would have opened a float center because I, I don't know what I was looking for, but when I searched for podcast, I found this and it was three people who owned and operated float centers and were telling you all about that journey. And I just felt like at a certain point, I know how to do this. And it was a lot harder than I thought, but, um, you know, yeah. it, that, hearing all of the information you guys were giving out, was just amazing to me. And every episode I learned something and I didn't own a float center. I wasn't even thinking of opening one. And then wow, just listening to it made me think of it. And one thing led to another and here we are. It's wild. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Uh, wow. Well, thank, thank you. Um, may I ask you, how did you maintain such a positive attitude while being a corrections officer? Because I feel like you're very different than a lot of correction officers I've met who are very even paced uh, very, very, um, balanced with every word, every step they take. Humor. That is the biggest thing. I tried to have fun with it. Um, I, I'm a, I like to look at the lighter side of things, even in serious situations. Um, there's a lot of ridiculousness that goes on and within the criminal justice system, there's a whole lot of ridiculousness that goes on. And Mm. if you're real about it and there's plenty of people in the, in the field that, um, are not, don't, you know, don't really have a personality and very rules driven. And Mm -hmm. in life, there's a lot of grace, you know, I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get someone in trouble who just spent 17 years in prison and is, um, meeting up with his girlfriend and he's out of place. Right. Well, it's like, Hey, you just was in prison for 17 years. So, um, for me, I'd be like, ah, Hey, don't do that again. Versus violating probation if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So there's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, for me, I try to look at the human element and mm. kind of, I, I'm constantly, even at my float center, putting myself in other people's shoes and trying to see it from their viewpoint, which I know you can't always do because we have our own bias, but I try very hard to see other people's viewpoints. I will admit when I'm wrong, or I, I also love to be surprised if I'm thinking one thing and then I learn something about somebody and see, oh, they're, they're not, they're not being rude. They're really nervous about floating 
for whatever the reason is. And we talk a little more if I know the reason, but I think that's a big part of it is trying to see where the other people are coming from, because no matter how good your life is or how bad your life is, someone has it better and someone has it worse, you know? So, um, I try to be humble about the things that I have and the places I've been and the, the people I have around me. And, um, you know, there's always, a, I guess that's the biggest thing, seeing people that it, life is tough and there's a lot of bad things out there going on, on in people's lives. So um, I think that's part of it is that that makes me, you know, I was helping people, but also um, it helps me to realize that even if I don't have much, I still have it a lot better than these other people. So things are going pretty good. What a great human being to be owning a float center and bringing floats to people. I love that. Cool. Thank you. I'm also very excited to bring on Gloria Morris onto the show, hosting with us on Art of the Float. Gloria, <sighs> Gloria, how, do I, how am I even supposed to introduce you? I feel like you spin so many plates, so many wheels all the time. But she's, I feel like this incredible business guru within the float industry. And everybody, me, at least, I, I maybe I can't speak for everybody, but I feel like a lot of people look to Gloria for this business perspective, this business acumen that she holds um, so confidently, and she thinks so damn clearly and is absolutely razor sharp, which uh, will test you on every single night, every single podcast, Gloria. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I kid, I kid. <laughs> no, she is, she's um, razor smart, razor quick, and uh, welcome to the show, Gloria. <laughs> Thank you. What an intro. Wow, that's a lot of pressure. Goodness gracious. But um, yes, I have, I really appreciate those kind words. I don't feel confident um, sometimes and I know I fake it, but uh, sometimes I'm, you know, just as scared as everybody else. But um, yeah, so I'm Gloria Morris and I was kind of blessed to be born and raised in a business and you know, kind of started as a toddler learning business. Um, I grew up in my family's men's clothing business tailor shop and I had Italian grandparents who worked their asses off and I just learned so much and had no idea I was learning at the time. Um, so yeah, I spent most of my career in hospitality management and uh, worked for companies like Disney World and different hospitality organizations that kind of gave me a good foundation before I went into the technology industry. And uh, that's where I was when I discovered floating. Thank goodness I discovered floating because being in technology is really challenging, right? So, but I loved it. And so when I tried floating, I uh, fell in love quickly, like most people do, and I took action right away. <laughs> so everybody's heard my story um, about the nine month thing, it literally was like having a baby from the first time I tried floating to opening the doors of float 60. And, uh, and I now ha somehow have three float 60s and I'm not sure what's happened in the last three years. It's been a, like a blur, crazy blur. So yeah, very, very excited to be here. And I love sharing, um, you know, just my experience in business with other people. It's definitely a passion of mine to try to help people get from, you know, the idea stage to the corporation stage on paper to you know, the marketing plan and then the financial plan and the budgeting and all that. I, I, I love that. I know it's sick, but I do. <laughs> 
what so made you, I mean, I get the excitement about floating and nine months. Wow. Very fast to get to opening. What what's the drive inside you that is like, okay, now replicate it. Or is it, is the idea replication? Why two more? Well, when I invested in the idea of doing this, I had, I've just been brought up in businesses that have scaled, right? Mm -hmm. So I really didn't know other than my family's men's store. I've spent my whole life in corporate America. So, um, I've, I've always been someone who has a vision that you need a foundation and something that can be repeated. So, so with that, I kind of built float 60 with the idea that it could scale. Did I know it was going to scale? No. Mm -hmm. Did I hope it would maybe at some point, but I knew building it in Chicago, if I did it right, it should be huh. popular. <laughs> right. And I wanted to make it easy to expand from there if, if it was. And so fortunately it was, and you know, we just opened the third location, but it's still, you know, the jury's out on whether or not the third location is a good idea. Um, I feel like it's going in the right direction, but I'm impatient. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just something that I knew foundationally. I had to build it in a certain way that if I wanted to scale it, I had to do it that way from the beginning and think that way from the beginning. Fascinating. Cool. Thank, thank you for sharing that. I love it. I want to bring on somebody else on the show whose name you might recognize but uh, I don't know that you've heard a lot from her. Actually, she's been on the show a few times. Uh, our show notes taker, Kim Hannon. <laughs> uh, hello, hello. Hello. How long have you um, <clears throat> been running Float Sukino at this point? Um, we opened uh, just about five months ago. We're coming up on five months next week, actually. And um, it has flown, flown by. Um, <laughs> but it sort of feels like we've been doing it forever. Because we're the opposite of Gloria. Um, I studied floating for a couple of years. Mm. I'd heard about it, and there wasn't a float center around. Um, mm. And so I just felt really compelled to learn everything that I possibly could. So I studied for several years before I'd ever had my first float. And I knew before I'd had my first float that this is where I was going. I just had that deep, deep intuition that this was something huge in my life and that I needed to follow it. Mm. Um, and then a center opened across town, um, across the river. We're in southern Indiana, so um, just across the bridge from Louisville, Kentucky. And when uh, Waitlist opened there, I went in and had my first float and just uh, absolutely fell in love with it. I didn't. I took my mom at one point to test the waters with her. She has fibromyalgia, mm. and I'd heard that it was great for that. And I didn't tell her anything about what to expect or what the studies say and just took her in to see what happened. And, um, uh, my mom called me or my sister called me about two weeks later, uh, from Tennessee and said, I don't know what you did to mom, but whatever you did while she was there, will you do it again? <laughs> um, and wow. that was one of those like big moments where I was like, wow, yeah, this, this is definitely something that I'm going to pursue. And uh, we continued to study. And um, at the time, I was in corporate America, too. Um, I was a, a director of training and did some marketing work as well for a multifamily national company and uh, loved my job, loved what I was doing. But there was so much more that I wanted to be doing. And um, I was teaching yoga on the side, have a family. And I just love to have projects, lots and lots of projects <laughs> to kind of keep my attention going. And so it wasn't necessarily my plan to leave that uh, corporate job when we opened the center, but um, they asked me to move back to Chicago. Um, and I said, no, I'm opening a center, can't do that. 
Um, I could have like packed it all up since we hadn't started construction. I could have gone up there and, you know, asked Gloria to make some space for me in Chicago. (laughs) Um, But I uh, stayed in Southern Indiana and and, uh, it took us a little while to get through build out and we hit a whole bunch of challenges along the way. Um, But it's been really, really sweet. Um, Sukino has been open for, um, you know, several months and our community, you know, we're in a small town. We've got about a a population of 45,000 and people have really been eating it up. Um, yeah, we added on halo therapy, added a salt cave a couple months after Mm. we opened. And, uh, that's just been a really nice addition and brings in, you know, a different kind of clientele and folks who are Mm. then curious and want to learn a little bit more about floating while they're in and vice versa. You know, the float people, they've already been with us a couple months and now what's this new thing. Um, so it's really cool to kind of play those two services together. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Well, Kim has been in the background taking notes after we record. She she would listen to it and take notes. Now she is live joining us, taking notes. And also, whenever she feels like she's got something to add, correcting me, which will probably happen throughout every episode, um, she'll be dropping some gems in as well. And who knows? Maybe if, if, a, if a host can't come in, we'll just put her on the mic hot for the whole episode. and We'll just do it that way. But uh, Kim... Um, I mean, I guess she kind of explained it, but her uh, attention to detail and organizational skills are off the charts. Uh, she has been an absolute, um, absolutely pivotal piece of art of the float behind the scenes. Um, something that we didn't think was like especially important or something that we needed became absolutely crucial. And now we just want to use her for more and more uh, behind the scenes for Art of the Float. And uh, she's also using that for her business as well. Her, um, the research, all that, um, as opposed to, I want to do this and just flying, you know, um, some people just do things without a lot of research. Uh, Kim was, I mean, truly knew every single bolt, nut, screw that was going to go into every single wall, all the marketing, everything was planned out way ahead of schedule. Very unlike myself, which by the way, I should probably introduce myself as well. I'm Dylan Calm. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my wife, Sandra Calm. We, before we were married, uh, went floating and I had been working in a office environment for a Fortune 500 company and was pretty miserable getting promotions and raises, things that should I thought make me feel good, uh, but um, really, I was my life satisfaction was just plummeting. I, I had very little energy for the things I really enjoyed doing, like climbing and martial arts, and I just felt um, I wouldn't go as far as to say empty, but we were we were nearing that that path. Um, while that was all going on, I started supplementing my work lifestyle with podcasts. Started listening to Joe Rogan. Um, if if Joe if you know the name Joe Rogan, you know that he owns a float tank uh, and that he has a podcast and was talking about uh, f- floating uh, on his podcast. Well, he got me excited um, to to float. Uh, Sandra brought me in for a float. I thought it was really lame. I felt relaxed afterwards, but it was not talking to space Jesus. It was not symbols floating around my head. I was not tripping balls like he said I was going to do. And so I was really underwhelmed and was like, huh, I wonder why he hypes it up so much when it's not that amazing. Um, Well, Sandra floated a second time, came home and said, you know, why don't you try this again? And without much prodding, she just kind of booked us another session. She floated for her third time. I floated for my second time. And I'm not saying I talked to space Jesus, but I will say that I had a really beautiful experience 
And and if anybody, I, I don't normally share this part, but why not? Uh, if you've ever done mushrooms before, it felt to me very similar to mushrooms in the positive vibe of um, seeing myself from a third person perspective, seeing myself as somebody who can get down on myself very easily, uh, very confident, um, seeing myself from the outside as somebody who is attractive, not physically attractive, but an attractive personality um, and, and somebody people would want to be around. And um, it was just like this really beautiful and self-empowering 90 minutes in the float tank, which was great because on my second float, I didn't have any expectation. I didn't expect it to be anything. And so I just went in to lay in some salt water for a while and came out just feeling wonderful uh, about myself, which sounds maybe a little egotistical, but from where I'm coming from, it was really bringing me back out to zero. If that makes any sense. It was just felt good to feel good about myself. Um, on the ride home, I turned to Sandra and I said, why don't we do this our own way? And she had already been planning it out. She nodded her head and said, yes, <laughs> yes, let's do that. And, um, I mean, it wasn't quite nine months. It, it may have been, but uh, about a year later is when we opened up our float center. Um, and again, unlike Kim, actually, unlike all three of these other people, we had no idea what we were doing. Um, there were no resources out there, or very few resources out there. Um, I mean, even the float centers that existed at the time were really still figuring it out. There was nothing set in stone on how to do things. We're barely at the point where we can stock, talk about components of float centers being set in stone. So back then, um, it was quite the wild, wild west. Um, we knew nothing about business, marketing, any of that. And uh, needless to say, we've been learning ever since. Um, we did start, uh, I started blogging, um, I think four years, three or four years after we opened, uh, that became the podcast with Amy and Lance. And since then, we have just been bringing on experts for search engine optimization, for marketing, uh, the people doing research uh, on floating, we bring them on and we just get to learn everything about float on this show. So it's been absolutely amazing uh, since uh, the panic of not having anything ready to go, but being completely out of money. And then in the last two weeks, slapping two float rooms together so that we could uh, float float bodies in our float tanks. It was a terrifying time, um, which uh, back to Drew, uh, that uh, led to the fear. I mean, fear motivated me for, for so long during that time. And then the fear of money and running out of money for the first year was like, are we going to be able to pay bills? Are we going to be able to pay bills? And then the second year is, are we going to be able to pay our employees? I, I mean, once people's lives are on your hands, letting somebody go because you couldn't make money scared the hell out of money, uh, scared the hell out of money out of me, um, which meant I didn't sleep for about three years. I'd say a solid two years, restless. I mean, such bad sleep just, just because of anxiety and fear. <laughs> and you guys, did you guys lose any sleep? <laughs> As of the as of this recording, I had three hours sleep last night because I was up all night. Um, I only have a fifty. I drained my tanks this weekend, and I only have a fifty gallon hot water heater. And I didn't really think about that with taking my days off. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, oh, no. like half hour, forty five minutes of heat, and then it goes cold, and yep. then I have to wait forty five minutes an hour. So, I was setting my alarm every forty five minutes. I'd kind of fade off, and then the alarm would go off. I'd get up. Dude. Go put in, and I'm still not completely done. I'm a lot closer, but if I didn't do that last night, I wouldn't have gotten nearly as far today because I had other things yeah. to do. But yeah. yeah, sleep is 
that's say that's one of the sacrifices that you <laughs> tend to make, right? Which is so ironic because you know one of the things that compelled me to start uh, this float center in the first place was that uh, my first float I had profound, uninterrupted, deep, deep sleep, and so. <laughs> You know, you take the, the one thing that's the most relaxing thing you've ever done in your lifetime, you turn it into this big, stressful business that removes you of your ability to sleep through the night. Yeah. Uh, no, but for the so most true. part, I sleep pretty darn good. Thank you very much, Floyd. Yeah. yeah. Well done, Gloria. And that's why you're on the show. Tell us your secret. Tell us your secret. With some good Floyd. Well, guys... I'm so excited to start off this new version of Art of the Float and, and share all of our stories, share um, the float world to people who want to start, run, and refine their float centers. Is there any last word you want to, to say before we sign off, each of you? Well, Dylan, thank you so much for assembling this cast of characters. Um, it's going to be a really good time, I think, and we should learn a lot from yeah. each other. And I just wanted to uh, thank you personally for the opportunity, and I look forward to working with you. All of you. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, it's exciting. It's very exciting, especially from the standpoint of having been listening to this before even thinking about opening a flow center. And then, whoa, now I'm participating in it. And it's an honor. I'm super humbled and appreciative of this opportunity. And I think because I've said this to you in private, Dylan, but this has changed my life. Like I, I could do a whole episode on how it has changed my life. Um, just my self-confidence, my, my, um, happiness, um, financially, it has changed everything. And I wouldn't have been able to do this without you or this podcast. So if there are people out there who are thinking of doing this, there is tons of information in old episodes. There's going to be great information coming up in new episodes. And I think if you're not listening to these episodes, then you're not doing everything you can to be successful. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Kim. I would agree completely. Um, you know, I think that was part of my secret to success. Like we got off the ground running and feel like we felt really good. We were sleeping, you know, we had a few, like that first week um, prior to open, that was a little crazy, but um, I felt like I knew what I was doing. I felt really, really great. And a lot of it is because of this podcast. So it's amazing to be able to be a part of it now, like Drew was saying, and to be able to give back. And, you know, that's that's such a cool thing to, that's really unique to the float world. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a yoga teacher too, and yogis are all peace, love, and happiness. But man, float people just take it to another universe. <laughs> True that. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, hey guys, I'm going to have to share some stories coming up soon about uh, the late nights, the, the floods, walking into the float center with literal salt water raining down from above, like missed electrocution, uh, stepping into puddles of water that might be electrified. The things that I have done, I am so glad you will never do. My God, that's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I'm excited to, to help people make some really awesome float centers. I mean, and that is the purpose of this show. I want people to be floating and I want them to have a good quality float experience. And, um, that's, that's what we do. That's what we do. So, Ooh, let's see here. A few final things in closing before we say goodnight. 
if you end up find, finding uh, this show useful and think that it's beneficial to you, there are a few ways that you can help support us. Uh, one of the easiest ways is actually an Amazon link. You can click on that on artofthefloat.com, bookmark it, and anytime you do any shopping, say for your float center uh, or for the construction of your float center, uh, a couple nickels come our way and throughout the community that adds up and helps us uh, you know, keep our website online and all that good stuff. Uh, we are also available for consulting. Uh, artofthefloat.com forward slash consulting is where you want to go if you want to schedule a consult with us. Um, it's always a good fun time uh, rocking out your float center. It's absolutely a pleasure. And also Patreon is uh, something that we do where you can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash art of the float. We also have a link on our website to not only help support us, but what you're really doing is getting something for yourself. Uh, what we do at the $10 level is we send out photographs uh, of people floating in a non, you can't tell what type of float tank it's in, uh, so you can use it for your marketing. Uh, those photos are, um, I'd say, improving every single month, getting better and better. Uh, real beautiful stuff that you can use for your float centers. Sukino Floats definitely uses these, <laughs> these photos. Uh, they actually put us to the limits of how much <laughs> content we're creating um, so i need more keep it coming it's it's still coming so um if you're even in development i would say sign up soon so that you already have a, a stock of photography to use by time you launch and while you're you know creating your float center you can show people what floating looks like uh, it's really eye-catching stuff really beautiful um and tries to be extremely inclusive and wants to show that everybody can experience a benefit from floating uh, let's see here. Oh, so thank you guys for your support on that. Uh, there are some other Patreon tiers that we're working on as well. So all you want to do is follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're sometimes we're on Twitter, but that's kind of passe now. But uh, yeah, follow follow us on all those things to find out what we're up to. And uh, we're, we're always working on stuff behind the scenes, which we'll occasionally talk about on the show. And what I always like to say at the very end is thank you, Kim, for taking our show notes. But uh, <laughs> tonight I'll say thank you, Kim, for, for joining us. And thanks to... You know what, Drew? I don't, I don't know how I'm not going to call you Dr. Drew. I don't know how... I listened to Love Line growing up. I don't know how I'm not going to do it. <laughs> the float doctor. <laughs> the float doctor. There we go. And Gloria, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited to kick this off. We've got a great episode for you coming up next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs>